from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. My name is Richard Serrett. This is The Conspiracy Show. We're coming to you live from our flagship station, AM 740 Zoomer Radio in Toronto. 50,000 watts of peace and love. Uh, Before we get things rolling, this always pleases me. We have a new affiliate. WRNN-FM Hot Talk 99.5 in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. WRNN-FM Hot Talk 99.5 Myrtle Beach. Welcome aboard. Uh, Tim Spreen is here. Albert Vinzel is here as per usual. Uh, Albert has posted some tasty little tidbits and information bombs up at the website richardserrett.com. Let me spell it for you. Richard. And then the last name, Serret, S as in Simon, Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T.com, RichardSerret.com. So up at the top of the uh, the website in the slide carousel, you'll find an assortment of uh, interesting uh, articles. Uh, a disturbing story, to say the least, in this week's New York Times, titled, Psychologists Who Green-Lighted Torture. Uh, the first detailed accounts of the brutal inter- interrogation program the Central Intelligence Agency established after the September 11th attacks noted that psychologists and other medical professionals played key roles in abetting the torture of terrorism suspects. However, much about their role and their degree of responsibility in one of the most macabre and shameful chapters of American history has remained shrouded in secrecy. Uh, Elbert has also posted an article from this month's Rolling Stone magazine with the provocative title, Eric Holder, Wall Street Double Agent Comes In From The Cold. That's right, Barack Obama's former top cop uh, is cashing in after six years of letting banks run wild. Holder is returning to work for his old Wall Street firm, uh, and uh, that's uh, Covington and Burling. It's a uh, white-collar defense uh, firm. He's just uh, completed one of history's great double agents for six years while brilliantly disguised as the Attorney General of the United States. He was actually working deep undercover, DiCaprio in the departed style, as the best defense lawyer Wall Street ever had. Uh, Now, this is a $2.5 million gig. Oh, at least that's what he was paid the last year he worked there. And uh, he's going to take his seat back in his old office that reportedly, and this is no joke, was kept empty for him in his absence. All right. Uh, now, it's not all doom and gloom. There's an amusing story from Australia. Sure to raise a few smiles. The city of Melbourne has assigned trees in that city email addresses so cities can report problems. But instead, people are writing thousands of love letters to their favorite trees. My dearest Olmus, that's a type of tree, I guess. One message begins. As I was leaving St. Mary's College today, I was struck, not by a branch, but by your radiant beauty. You must get these messages all the time. You're such an attractive tree. Those are just a few of the stories you'll find in the slide carousel at richardserrett.com. And while you're there, why not register, become a member? It's quick, easy, and free. And once you've registered, you gain access to member-only areas like the audio archive section, 
where you can listen to past shows dating back to the summer of 2012. RichardSerrett.com. Okay, let's get down to business. I was reading a story a couple of weeks ago about uh, how the Freemasons, the Calgary, Alberta chapter, uh, were holding an open house. This happened back in late June in order to, I guess, allow the public to get up close and personal with this uh, ancient organization. In fact, the mayor of Calgary uh, declared June 24th, every June 24th, to be Freemasons Day. This was enacted back in 2013. Well, apparently the Masons have come a long way since the, the days of secret handshakes and macabre rituals and blood oaths. Uh, for many, the Freemasons and the Shriners are nothing more than an aging fraternity who uh, hold parades and raise money for children's hospitals. But there are those who insist there is something far more sinister happening behind closed doors, something that the that not even the rank and file of Masons and Shriners are aware of. That's where we're headed for the next 45 minutes or so. The dark side of Freemasonry. James Robert Wright, 32nd degree, resides in Los Angeles. He's held many positions and decorations in his Masonic lodges, the Scottish Rite. His ancestral roots are traced back to the Spencer, Devere, Visconti, and St. Clair families, making him Princess Diana's cousin and the great-grandson of half the grandmasters of the historical Knights Templar. James has a background in entertainment production, emergency dispatch, IT support, and then preceding all that formal employ as the envoy to the Supreme Council in Washington, D.C., with carte blanche access to Scottish Rite vaults and archives as special assistant to the Secretary General in Dallas, Texas. From the door to the very top, he unexpectedly uncovered some of the most shocking revelations about this so-called international charitable fraternal service organization. Now, having blown the whistle on the order, James currently finds himself on the front lines in the truth and patriot movements, rallying public awareness on the nature of corruption and manipulation prevalent in society that is directly tied into the vast sweeping network of these Freemasonic secret society cults. A great pleasure to welcome James Robert Wright to The Conspiracy Show. How are you, James? I am excellent. How are you? Very well, sir. Thank you. And we should also point out you'll be a featured speaker at this year's ParanoiaCon 2015. Uh, give us the that details. Where, where and when is that happening? That will be October 16th, 17th, and 18th in Hollywood, right in the central studio district there in between... Um, Sunset Gower and Paramount Studios on Gower Street in Santa Monica, and uh, it's going to feature everything A to Z, you know, the, the, your UFOs to your GMOs to uh, basically, and, and in the style of Paranoia Magazine, which is the branding that we're, uh, is, that, that's being carried, uh, it's, it's a magazine that's much more like a, um, I would say like a skeptical inquirer, that it's not... Uh, crazy out there conspiracy stuff. It, it really aims to get to the get to the top people, get to the best information that there is, the science behind it, and kind of be that that scully to that proverbial molder, if you will. You know, so that's what the event, that's the theme, 
And uh, we just uh, recently, uh, because of an event I went to, I ran into a NASA JPL uh, quantum physicist, and what he had to say to me blew my mind. And I said, oh, my God, you've, you've got to come speak at this event. And then as it, it, as it turns out in a small world, he knows and is good friends with David Sarita, who's already speaking at the event. And uh, it's going to be a really cool thing. And then to have it in Hollywood, and as a matter of fact, it's, it's a funny story real quick, speaking of, Freemasons. There's um, by the uh, near near where the the studio is um, and and the the venue is and everything. Uh, there's the Hollywood Forever Cemetery <clears throat> where all of your original silent film stars and everybody have their mausoleums and everything. And now they turned it into a theme park and it's basically you know movie nights, rock concerts, and all this stuff on top of the graves. It's just, it's very weird. That's kind of disrespectful. And, Yes, you, many, uh, especially I think Catholics would agree with that. Um, <laughs> so uh, the front of it is an old Masonic temple. That's like where the offices are that manage the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And uh, whether or not there's Masons in there right now is, is something that really can't be, it's neither here nor there. But what we dug into and found is that the uh, cemetery itself is owned by the Cassidy crime family of Chicago who all the, the brothers are currently sitting in federal prison for a $450 million Ponzi scheme. So basically these these holdings of theirs, one of which would be Hollywood Forever Cemetery, is being managed by attorneys and such. And uh, one already sent us a cease and desist uh, order because of a 30-second commercial we filmed with Ron Patton, the, direct, the owner and director of Paranoia Magazine, advertising the event, and because we'd filmed on Santa Monica Boulevard and their property was in the shot, they sent us this cease and desist saying that they didn't want anything, quote, to do with paranormal, end quote. And I, I find that uh, laughable because they have absolutely everything to do with the paranormal. When, the, when Dia de los Muertos comes, it's like a block party for the whole stretch there in the cemetery around the, up and down Santa Monica. It's crazy. Right. So right. Uh, let's – James, let, let's just uh, back up a little bit. And your lineage sure. is, is, is fascinating. I mean you are – you come from a long line of, of Freemasons. Uh, in, in fact – um, well, take us take us through the, the family tree a little bit, uh, if you if you can. I mean, it goes back to the, the the some of the Frankish kings, does it not? That's correct. Um, it's it has to do with what uh, some people might uh, have heard of under the, the term Merovingian. It it also goes further back uh, than that. It goes into the Judeo-Claudian dynasty of Rome. And further back than that, there's there's various theories of where the origins of that are uh, that kind of go different places. But uh, the point is is that yes, there is a such thing as this quote unquote bloodline, and yes, there is a lot going on and, and has been for the better part of 2,000 plus uh, traceable years going on with the inter dealings of that bloodline. You know, for example, like what is the Egyptian Coptic Orthodox Church. That is the church that the Holy Family fled Judea to and formed. So basically you're getting right back into that uh, Jesus and Mary Magdalene subject matter that was popularized with the Da Vinci Code and blah, blah, blah. Sure. And but yeah, we, but it, there's so much truth to it. That's the thing. So, I mean, when you, when you were a young man, did 
were you approached by, uh, I mean, was it sort of cast in stone, your fate, that you were going to be a Mason? Did you have much choice in the matter? How did you uh, become I mean, a Mason? I, well, I suppose I could have run away from home <laughs> and bucked the family, you know, with my my uh, my antelope horns and, and whatnot and, and said no. But, but it was a tradition and it was expected, and I have several cousins who were... Uh, drug-addled wrecks, and so it was kind of like I was the last vestige of, you know, turning out another good uh, troop from this family. And, All right, we have to, uh, excuse me, James, I'm going to jump in here. We're going to take a time out. Sure. We'll come back with 32nd degree Freemason James Robert Wright right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Big Brother is listening, and so are you. To the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back, James Robert Wright is with us, thirty-second degree um, Mason, and um, uh, we were talking about when you became a Mason. How old were you, James? Oh gosh, what was I? Twenty-three. Uh, yeah. And and describe if you're able to. Um, I mean, I, I guess a, a, you're sworn not to divulge these things, but that hasn't stopped you. you oh, are, yeah. Uh, the, um, what happens to – walk us through the uh, what happens the, uh, the, to the, the young initiate uh, on the first night. Well, okay, on the first night you're let in. You know, you, they put you in this little ante room and you're, you're dressed in this garb that's like a, uh, basically a white T-shirt and, and some khakis with one of the legs half torn off and – uh, you have the the uh, noose put around your neck, the cable toe, and you know you're uh, hoodwinked, blindfolded, and you're led around the lodge room in this ritual. And anyone with a knowledge of any kind of um, occultism, ritual magic, or whatever would would take a look at inside what's going on in the room and know that those elements are present there in the format and function of the ceremony at hand going on. And to make a long story short, from that progression from entered apprentice to fellow craft to master mason, you're taken as this initiate to this this builder of the temple to basically uh, the role in the master mason degree. You are Hiram Abiff, which you are uh, killed and buried and then dug up and resurrected. And it much mirrors the story of Christ or uh, <clears throat> several other stories, Osiris, um, etc., so it, it's very, very heavily religious. That's why I, I find it really comical when Freemasons try to assert uh, an official statement that Freemasonry is not a religion. Well, that's an outright lie. I mean, Albert Pike himself admitted that Freemasonry is a religion, quote-unquote. So, it's, you know, I, I, and I think it's important that I, uh, I throw in a bit of a, a disclaimer. You know, every time I say or do anything, there's always some kind of of backlash of some sort from the little monsters that run the place. And there's elements of, of this and that and the other that go on. And there's, you know, it's from time to time there's problems with, like, my per personal security and, and whatnot, but those seem to be well under control at the moment. Um, but <laughs> I digress. They, they don't like it when I do this. And I think it's important to assert that there is a boatload of disinformation out there about all of this. When you hear someone tell you that they are an insider to the Illuminati or an insider to 
the 13 bloodlines and then this, that, the other, they're lying through their teeth. They're, they're phony. They're fake. You know, people, someone like me, uh, someone like my buddy uh, Frater X, another Templar, he's out of Boston originally, who's another whistleblower, uh, we're real. We, we can show you our diplomas and our medals and our uh, a genealogy that's academically stamped and sealed and approved, and you know we're, we're the real deal, the genuine thing. And there's a lot of people. It, it's very strange to go from that environment and then to be flung into this environment of of, of public speaking and talking about it, and your life cha- changes 180 degrees in something you never expected, and then you have to deal with the consequences of that as they come, and you you then. You, you get involved in this business, and you find elements inside of it that confirm what you already knew it was going on to start with. It con- confirms that suspicion that there is uh, control mechanisms in place throughout various, not, not everywhere, but throughout anywhere that they can get their claws into and try to control a mainstream media outlet or uh, any other type of source of intel or, or what have you. So... That's the problem. Well, uh, and a you, lot of Masons. I'm sorry. No, I, I was just going to say you mentioned Albert Pike, uh, who's considered sure. to be the the father of modern Freemasonry, and and uh, we're all familiar with his book Morals and Dogma of Freemasonry. And uh, he writes, Masonry, like all religions, all the mysteries conceals its secrets from all except the adepts and sages or the elect and use false explanations and misrepresentations of its symbols to mislead those who only deserve to be misled. Is it fair to say uh, that the rank and file um, um, Masons... And uh, I, I don't know if we're, what we're talking if we're talking about the blue degrees or below, uh, but the rank and file have no idea what's going on in the upper echelons of, of Freemasonry or the Shriners. Correct. They are what I would equate to industry fodder. They're there working for free to support an organization that already has 501c2 and c3 tax exempt status. So, therefore, they have a 99%, except the Supreme Council ourselves, that what I worked on, and I was one of the, you know, one in, one in five million Masons in America that was earning a paycheck out of a grouping of these 33 men and their assistants. So, very, very rare. And, and no one, you know, 33rd degree, the, the degrees beyond, you could, you could never, ever hope to get to where I was at within that position. And that was selected because of family reasons i was hand-picked like a little golden boy if you will and hand-groomed and they the working conditions began okay but they deteriorated rapidly over time and the more i got to know these men running the place on a personal level behind the scenes behind closed doors i came to know them as very sinister and manipulative and diabolical men and who put on this happy face and go cut ribbons and hand over novelty sized checks to children's hospitals and things but behind the scenes it is this mad cutthroat quest for power and they do have a lot of power it's in their power of networking who can they reach that is of rank and file as you said well i mean it used to be said you know and there was a time 
when you know you couldn't rise to the ranks in certain police departments, fire departments, unless you were a Mason. Um, but is that still the case? Um, in larger, or, well, yes, yes, it is the case uh, because there's. Uh, on my own website, dialinformation.weebly.com, there's uh, podcast number three that I did. I aired leaked audio that I can't, for reasons of the sensitivity of the victims involved in it, uh, at this time divulge the names involved in you know, the perpetrators. But uh, So the censored version is up there, but it's, it's quite shocking. It's perhaps one of the most shocking things to ever, ever, ever come out publicly about Freemasonry, and it's largely been glossed over because they spend a great deal of time trying to detract attention away from me when I'm simply trying to bring information out and make people aware of what's really going on, because my conclusion from my tenure there is that the the problems began to bring Albert Pike back up real quick. They began around his time, and that's when the place went haywire out of control, and... So the 1870s, latter half of the 19th century. Correct. When you started seeing these opulent Scottish Rite temples going up in every major city across America. All right. That's that's the time period. Now, when when I look at um, you know Masonic lodges and, and and the people that are that are trying to get in or become a uh, become a member, I mean they are an eight. They seem to be and you disabuse me of this notion, James, and I'm sure you will, but they seem to be kind of an aging fraternity um, that, that you know can barely organize a parade. And, and yet, I mean, I, I certainly believe they had considerable influence and may still in some jurisdictions, but it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the idea that this aging group um, could wield such power these days. Set me, set me straight on that. I would say that that is largely because that aging group still much uh, retains that power uh, with, with whatever positions they held, whatever that was. Perhaps one was a judge. Perhaps one was a senator. Perhaps one was a, a big uh, capital management financier type CPA person. Uh, the list goes on and on. From all walks of life, maybe the person was high up uh, in the ecclesiastical capacity, uh, like a mega church uh, leader or something. Yeah, the list goes on and on. And that's another thing is you have <clears throat> movements like Mormonism and everything, which I think a lot of Mormons have themselves forgot that their leader Joseph Smith was a Mason, and the basis of the Mormon ritual is the Mason ritual and that's why they point blank shot joseph smith in the face and killed him when he created the mormon uh church of latter-day saints movement they were so angry at it so you you have a and that occurred shortly after the william morgan affair and that's what threw freemasonry into a tailspin and albert pike arose and claimed to have cleaned it up now bearing in mind and we ought to add, actually interject this into the conversation for another reason, because there's this talk right now in the media of the Confederate flag having just come down and everything. Well, then, I think Albert Pike's statue in D.C. needs to also come down, because let's not forget this man was a convicted war criminal, and he fled those charges and lived out the rest of his life in Canada. He was a known pedophile. He was a known 
necroph- necrophiliac. This, this is all documented stuff. He wrote the ritual for the KKK. This was not a pleasant guy to be around or to have any to do with. And he, he was pretty much the, the, the reformer, the founder, kind of, of the, the Scottish Rite, which gave Freemasonry a sudden renovation and changed its perception in the eyes of the public, which, bearing in mind at the time information traveled much slower, a lot, you know, generations had died off, people had forgotten the William Morgan affair, the Joseph Smith thing, and it, it got a reboot. But it got a reboot under this, what they call the Pike Revision ritual. And that's where, like I said, everything went haywire. And it's no longer anything to do with the Templars, anything to do with things you would uh, call like the Priory of Sion. It's, it exists. These, these things are real. And once you de-Hollywoodize it and you, you bring out the facts and, and set aside the phonies and the people who are looking for their 15 minutes of fame, I mean, there's, there's droves of them who, who will claim that they're inside of this, inside of that, right. and have no proof, no right. nothing. You mentioned that you were paid one of the few... Uh, Working members of, of Freemasonry. What, 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 was your job? Stubs, what, yes. <laughs> what was your job? What, what were you supposed to do for the Freemasons? The job title was special assistant to the Secretary General. So I was his direct assistant when he couldn't always be there or perhaps didn't want to be there. And this is so in I Washington. Was D- this was in Washington D.C. The building in Dallas. Oh, in Dallas, Texas. All right. Yes. And was this, was this York Rite or Scottish Rite Mason? Masonry? Scottish Rite. Scottish Rite. All right. But Scottish Rite has basically taken over York Rite here in America. There's a split that's occurred between what you would call English, Queen's, York Rite, Freemasonry, UGLE, United Grand Lodge of England, and what the former association and, and patents were with American York Rite Freemasonry. They know they have been disinherited. There's a big schism going on. It's like it's like a family squabble. You can equate it to a soap opera. All right. Now when when Albert Pike in Morals and Dogma or other um, <clears throat> Masons are talking about uh the light bearer and the sun of the morning uh, it has been argued that that they're really this is a Luciferian doctrine that that uh, the Freemasons are worshiping Satan. What what are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> well, I can tell you from direct witness testimony that uh, when the Masons put on a public face and play, like they have Christian leanings, or perhaps this lodge over here might have uh, Judaic leanings or this one have Muslim leanings or, or whatever, uh, that's just simply not true. You're allowed to walk in there. They claim that one of the requirements to join is you have to be monotheistic, a belief in one God. And yet they allow people to come in there and place their hands on the holy books of Thelema, written by Aleister Crowley, and take their oaths on that as their Bible, if you will. Or any other, or the Satanic Bible, if that's their preference. That's that's gone on in lodges, not not every lodge. I'm we're talking about a small percentage here. I'm not trying to demonize. Most of them are good. Most of them don't know or have a clue what's going on because they see those smiling faces cutting those ribbons. And all that's right, it. All right, James. We will take another time out. Stay where you are. We'll get back to our discussion. The dark side of Freemasonry. James Robert Wright, a thirty-second degree. 
joining us live from Los Angeles right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay a while. Curiosity? Or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. I, uh, I neglected to mention we are doing another Google Hangout, an HOA. Just go to my Twitter feed at Richard Serrett, and at or near the top of the feed, you'll find a link to our HOA. Just click on that, and you are in the inner sanctum, uh, so to speak. James Robert Wright, 32nd Degree Mason, my guest, coming to us live from L.A., and uh, we've linked up to James's uh, website. Uh, just click on his name when you get to richardserrett.com under t- tonight's uh, show. Click on uh, James' name, and that'll link you right to his website. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Masonic hierarchy, um, this uh, this pyramid. Uh, so at the bottom, I'm, I'm guessing you've got sort of the rank and file, the Blue Lodge Masons. Uh, sort of around the corner neighborhood Blue Lodges, yes. Right, right. We've seen those in just about every town and city. Uh, where does it take us up the um, up the pyramid, if you will? Well, you have that tier. <clears throat> you have the. It's kind of a splintering because you have the York Rite facet. You have the Scottish Rite facet, and now you have the Shrine, which recently took an interesting turn because it was dying off so badly. It it used to be that you had to be a Knight Templar York Rite and 32nd Scottish Rite to be eligible to then join the Mystic Shrine. And because their membership was going down so badly, not only did they make it admission-free, but they wiped out those clauses and said that, okay, now you you can just be a Master Mason and, and join and blah, blah. And uh, the same is the case for the York Rite. They've, they've been, it's, this is the Scottish Rite's doing, mind you. They, they've been consolidating their power. They've taken over the key positions within the York Rite and the Shrine. So it, it's been an invasion of sorts from within. You see these, these secret societies have been battling this stuff out for millennia. It's no joke. And it's serious stuff, and they're absolutely serious about it. But I think... Largely, the problem right now, in as of 2015, is you've got a lot of again charlatans who have infiltrated it because they're they're what you would equate to a social climber, somebody who is just cutthroat by nature, who's joined the organization because they want to ruthlessly climb to the top as a, a leader in their community and be in in charge of something, run something, what have you. Right, and they will abuse that system for that. Okay, that so so you've got the Blue Lodge, then you've got the Scottish Rite or York Rite, then you've got the Shriners, and then atop the Shriners, above the Shriners, uh, what do you have? The thirty third degree. Well, they all have their management apparatuses, but uh, on the the Scottish Rite, you have the Supreme Council of the the thirty third, and it you have the Northern Jurisdiction, which covers the thirteen states that comprise the original thirteen colonies and in the southern jurisdiction, which takes in everything else, not just the rest of the U.S., but everything globally, which is interesting. Okay, so and let's move up, because then, we get, then we're getting into some things that people probably haven't heard of. Most of us heard of the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the 33rd degree and, and the Supreme Council of the Grand Sovereign and so forth, but now we're getting into things like the Order of the Trapezoid. What, pray tell, is the Order of the Trapezoid, James? You There's a million that? of these types, but that's not one I ever particularly oh. uh, joined. But I'll, I'll give you an example. Like one I was uh, that I had dealings with was the Royal Order of the Duck, like as in quack quack duck. 
uh, and all that was was for any of the 32nd degree Masons who had any knowledge of stagecraft, like I do, that, that's what I went to school for, was technical theater, and any, anybody that had a knowledge of that was supposed to join that sub-sub-sub order, you know, and get together and plan <clears throat> the degree presentations, because the, the, the 4th through the 32nd, and then, of course, the 33rd, and even the KCCH degree 32.5 in between, are all put on like little one-act play operas. So you're not really even involved in it at that point as the candidate. You're just in an opulent opera house watching this uh, Victorian sort of performance put on. But isn't above that, isn't, I mean, aren't there ancient and primitive rites that go all the way up to something like 97 degrees? Well, that's the problem is when you start taking all these little individual suborders and you start adding up all the various total of degrees of all of them that are intertwined and everything, you, you're, you're getting up into the hundred, hundreds. Right. So it's, oh. it's impossible to tabulate because some of them are defunct. Some of them might have that one or two last remaining active members that, that aren't doing any, anything with it. So it's, it's difficult to track that, but they can definitely track uh, what any Mason is doing in uh, his Blue Lodge or elsewhere in his Masonic dealings with the, the main three, you know, the, the, the York Rite, the Scottish Rite, the Shrine. Right. And as powerful as some of these individuals may be and, and have great influence, uh, they are mere foot soldiers, I guess, in terms of the next level, which is the Illuminati, correct? Well, <laughs> that brings up a whole other uh, Pandora's box there, because this word Illuminati uh, is something that I would conclude for my expertise is largely disinformation because yes there was an illuminati but they caused so much outrage so fast that the german government in 1782 86 whatever uh broke them up and <clears throat> the members splintered up and went in all various directions so therefore those members went and joined up with all the other kids on the block some of that was Freemasonry. Some of that was Scottish Rite Freemasonry. Some of it was uh, the OTO. Some of it was the Rosicrucians. Some of it was the Mormon stuff going on. And, and the list goes on and on and on. What a, what a tangled web we weave, you know. Indeed. All right, we've got that music percolating up again, which uh, this is a short segment. We'll take a quick time out, come back, and uh, finish up with James Robert Wright, 32nd Degree Mason right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Last uh, segment with James Robert Wright right here on The Conspiracy Show. He's a 32nd degree Mason. Uh, true or false, James, that a Mason uh, swears an oath never to testify against another Mason in court. Well, it, murder and treason alone accepted, and those left at my option is the way that the oath reads. So, yes, you are expected to lie for your brother, murder and treason alone accepted, but those left at your option. And, and, I mean, how seriously uh, is one expected to take that oath? Well, that depends on, I think, the psychology of the individual involved. 
there's been Masons who have taken it to very serious levels, such as that Norway shooter uh, with Anders Breivik, Went, went crazy, claimed it was all for the, the Templars, and yet the whole entire time he was wearing all the Scottish Rite insignia. Uh, there was a Mason, uh, oh gosh, what is his name? I wish I had the, I could see, um, um, I'd, I'd have to pull out the paperwork from, from my old lodge. Uh, old story uh, that broke uh, earlier this year in Dallas, uh, one of the Masons from my own mother lodge that I was initiated in, walked up and, and shot a little boy about playing in his yard at point blank range in in the face. It just it, it, it and to oh Brian Cloninger, that was his name. If you Google Brian Cloninger with a C, uh shooting Dallas, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh but it's 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 a story that's fallen into the cracks and then you, you gotta ask yourself, why would you have a story like the Trayvon Martin thing where it came out that Trayvon Martin's father was a mason of high rank within the Prince Hall delegation, and that was so over-publicized. And yet, <clears throat> somebody who was nobody, a child, was shot in the face by by a mason, and it the news broke, but then the news, it was, you know, uh-oh, and a, a scrub job was done, and, and a whitewash went over it, and I'm sure the family's likely been paid off and offered free medical care at the Scottish Rite Hospital for children right there in Dallas. So, well, if, if a judge on the bench is a Mason and the the person that has been um, charged with a crime that's on trial is a Mason, would the judge have to recuse himself in that situation? That's a good question. Uh, would you like me to name a name? Uh, I'd rather not. Okay, if, well, he, let's say then hypothetically a state judge in Texas sitting on the payroll of the Scottish Rite in Dallas for no apparent reason, plus his wife, 30 years his junior, uh, is the director of public relations for the building because they rent it out for functions and, uh, you know, as a venue and and so forth. So you have lots of high-level connections like that. You have a thing down in Houston called uh, Tranquility Lodge number 2000. This is the lodge that was established on the moon. And they meet, you know, all the astronauts belong to this lodge. Uh, Whether the former director, the the guy with the top job, as I call it, the head of the the Scottish Rite Supreme Council, top guy, sovereign grand commander is his title, Uh, in the 80s was a guy named Fred Kleinacht. His brother was the director of NASA. So what is this fascination with the space program, the fact that these astronauts are all Masons, there's two flags that fly on the moon, one is the American, the other is the purple Scottish Rite flag. Yeah, there's a lot, of, fact. a lot of Masonic imagery in the whole Apollo program, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. It, it's all over everywhere. But I think, there, see, there, uh, there again, you have disinformation now because you'll have people, I see statements made on the internet, for example, that say something like, Jay-Z and Beyonce are the king and the queen of the Illuminati. I can't begin to tell you, Richard, how ridiculous that is. That's a Hollywood marketing gimmick at its finest. So that's, that's just that stuff taking its own kind of a, of a b- bizarre life onto itself. That has nothing to do with the actual men. And that's the thing, is when you're, you're delving through this world and this web of intricate disinformation, a lot of it is, is, has covert uh, military intel aspects and connections to it. 
you, I mean, the, the CIA recruit directly from the, the halls of the 32nd degree Masons. So I, I could have potentially, if I would have stayed a good little soldier, gone that route, you know, but I divorced that environment. And why didn't you become a good little soldier and move on to become a 33rd degree? Why did you get out? Because the relationship that I had with that establishment had become far too abusive. They were commanding me to work upwards of 90 hours a week. I was practically having to live in the building, which was creepy, to say the least. The list goes on and on, being screamed at all the time for doing... Any, any time anything in the building did not come off perfectly, then, it was, then I was always that whipping boy, the, the one that the ton of bricks came down on and that everybody loved to hate. It was the working conditions. I mean, it, was, it had nothing to do with the uh, uh, what have some have said, or the you know the Luciferian doctrine of of Freemasonry. It had nothing to do with their Actually, their quest it, for it, power it and influence. Had to do with, I, I was not very accepting of that. Um, not only that, there are a great deal of what I would deem closeted homosexuals within the ranks of Freemasonry, and I encountered that on a daily basis working in that job in that capacity that's when i learned that little secret and i think a lot of a lot of them had a problem that an openly gay man was serving in that capacity on the supreme council not only that but i was the first person under the age of fifty to ever hold an office with the council so it was unheard of so you're and it was causing you, a lot of commotion within it was difficult for you as an openly gay male in in the supreme council Right, and that caused a lot of very um, tumultuous plotting and anti-gay rhetoric to occur with the water cooler chat and so forth, and uh, it sort of started to be just run rampant to where even my boss, the Sec Secretary General, could not control it. What is the what is the end game uh, uh, here? What I, I mean, we don't have a lot of time. Obviously, we're uh, we're, we're skipping over a lot of things. Uh, regrettably, we only have an hour. But well, I mean, what what right. do they uh, what are they what's their their objective? The, the the Freemasons, the higher echelon. I think people should be highly concerned at the moment because it looks as if it may actually come to pass. It's exactly like Albert Pike wrote in that letter. Uh, that's if you Google Albert Pike three world wars, he wrote a letter, and I think it's eighteen seventy one. Uh, describing what needed to happen to bring about this one world order. And, you know, you could argue that two, two different ways. The universe is a duality, Richard, and that's the, the royal secret of the 32nd degree of Freemasonry. Spoiler alert, you know, mm -hmm. equilibrium. That's the big secret. The unveiling with the da-da, equilibrium. Yeah, well, that's true, though. It's, the universe is a duality. Everything good can exist with evil. It's, it's a, a dilemma of the dimension that we live in. So that being said, there are those who try very methodically and, and harshly to get to high places, and those that are good don't possess those qualities to cut throats and stab backs to get to those positions. So consequently, the psychopaths do, and it's a problem that can't be fixed. And if you read Albert Pike's document, The Three World Wars, considering it was written in 1871, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure 71, um, yes, yes, it was. World War One and Two came off exactly as he prescribed, and Three is now unfolding before our eyes, exactly as he prescribed about <clears throat> the Christians and the Muslims going at it, the Muslims and the Jews going at it, 
and all of them just mutually destroying each other, and then out of the ashes like that, like a phoenix rises, this Masonic religion, one unified Masonic religion. And Luciferian, you're convinced? I'm convinced, yes. Is it is it possible uh, to become... Uh, let's say president uh, or senator or or uh, a member of Congress or Secretary of State without being a Mason. Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, people like to talk about Skull and Bones. There's other fraternities on the Yale campus like Book and Snake. Right. There, a lot of the guys on the Supreme Council actually went to college at Tulane. So. Again, uh, there's so much disinformation out there, and they love to point the finger in the wrong direction and send people looking that way when the information is all hidden at right and plain sight. And these guys all operate right and plain sight in these buildings, in these temples. The, the, head, the headquarters in D.C. is right by the White House. Why is Albert Pike's statue up? He's a Confederate war criminal. They just took down that flag. I think his statue should come tumbling down like Saddam's, you know. Now, um when you say you mentioned the skull and bones, are they related? Uh, it, it, does it have Masonic roots? It's a bunch of, of wealthy families, uh, children uh, who are Masons attend. You you could draw a correlation, but does skull and bones exclusively control the planet? No, that that's absurd. It is interesting uh, when you look at the the the, uh, the lineage, uh, the ancestry of of presidents. Uh, they're all you, 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 related. That's even how you have to look at it. Yes. Even they're even all, President Ob- related is true. Obama apparently is a distant cousin of Dick Cheney, one of yes, his fiercest Dick critics. Admitted that publicly. One of his fiercest critics. He is. Um, I'm related to him. I can tell you right here in a second. I can pull it up. You're related to yeah. whom? Obama or Obama. Cheney? Obama. Both. It's it's all bloodline. You're you're really not going to go anywhere in politics without it, and you're really not going to go anywhere in Hollywood without it. That's why do you think they call it the red carpet? Red is the symbol for for royal. Amazing, amazing. Uh, there was a a lot of rumor, uh, conspiracy theory, uh, a couple of weeks ago. The um, uh, was it the president of Nintendo in in Japan? Did you hear about this? Some are claiming that he, 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 he passed away, and some are, are, are laying the blame at the Freemasons. I, 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 um, I didn't know if you had heard about that. No, but as a, as a kid that grew up on Nintendo, I'd be highly interested to hear the details. And uh, by the way, he is uh, my tenth cousin once removed. President Barack Obama is your tenth cousin How many, once removed? Correct. Once removed. And uh, you mentioned that you're related to Princess Diana. You're also related to Abraham Lincoln, correct? I'm related to you. You can go when you you asked me the question earlier in the program about uh, the the Frankish kings and all you you all of them. Yes, your 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 Dagobert, your Charlemagne, uh, Clovis, all of them, and and going all the way back into the the Julio the the Julii, excuse me, uh, the Julio Claudians. Your, your uh, Octavian, his mother Attia, you know, as they portrayed it in the HBO series Rome, that's all historically accurate. So again, it's it's this bloodline. We're we're living in modern Rome, and the same bloodline is in power. It's that simple. All right, I um, 
I've, this has been a fascinating hour. We'll have to do some more. Uh, I, I hope you'd be good to, to join us again sometime, James. I would enjoy that very much, yes. Please. James Robert Wright, 32nd degree Mason whistleblower. And uh, we will definitely have uh, James back on the program. All right. Uh, don't forget the website. Your portal to The Conspiracy Show is richardserrett.com, S-Y-R-E-T-T dot com. And uh, while you're there, make sure you click on the uh, the blue member button up on the, uh, the left-hand uh, corner. And that will, uh, its registration is quick, it's easy, and it is free. You don't have to register to use a lot of the website, but if you want that special backstage access, then uh, become a member. And always say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett. Follow the truth. <laughs>